inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Hello and welcome to another episode of Outlook, already on to the third show of February. I don't know about you, Carrie, but it seems like this year is in some ways kind of flying by already. Yeah, kind of. January can drag on, but here we are in February. Yeah, we're here anyway. So, And uh, we're actually recording this one in the evening, which is a little bit different for us. And uh, recording a little bit in advance still, but this will be airing for the first time on Family Day, which is kind of neat. Yay. All right. So today, since it's family day, uh, we thought we would have our siblings, um, two older siblings, Paul and Kim, just um, to sort of celebrate the occasion. So say hi, guys. Who goes first? (laughs) Well, you can say hello, um, but. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for uh, doing this. So. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for coming on on the show. We've um, we've definitely mentioned on this show for anyone who has listened that uh, we have two two other siblings besides my sister Carrie here and me who host the show. Um, so yeah, we have two older siblings as well, Kim and Paul. And uh, as we've also mentioned on the show, Carrie and I were both born blind, and Kim and Paul were not. So yeah, so we thought we would just have them on here and talk about uh, growing up together as kids and. Uh, we were pretty much just like any other family. I think they'll agree. Um, but let's start, I guess, with Paul. You're the oldest. Um, just want to tell us a bit about yourself, Paul, whatever you feel like telling us, whatever you think's important, and we'll fill in the blanks. Uh, well, okay, that's a good question. What is important? Um, so I am about to turn 41. Uh, my birthday is next week. Um, I live in Toronto with my wife and two children. And and your bulldog. And our, yes, we, we got a bulldog in the fall. Um, a, a, an English, an old English bulldog, purebred, which is, uh, is the type of breed that both my wife and I have always wanted. And neither of us have ever had the chance to own. So um, one of the bright spots of this pandemic that we're living in right now was that uh, we were around the house that we can uh, get a puppy and, uh, you know, train it and give our children uh, a dog that they've both sorely wanted uh, basically as soon as they started talking. Yeah. I was going to say, I think I, I think you've wanted a bulldog for as long as I can remember. Yeah, I seem to remember that too. From, but but you didn't go on like a dating site to find somebody else to also love bulldogs. So it was just a coincidence. It was a coincidence. Our very first date, uh, it came up, and um, and I think I said it first because she asked me what kind of dogs I what kind of dogs I like, and and I said, you know, you'll probably think I'm crazy because most people do when I say this, but then. Uh, her jaw dropped when I said that. So. 
but we've always been a dog family. Like growing up, we were always dog people. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I think uh, just an interesting thing to point out is I think one of the things you really like about bulldogs is is the way they look. I remember you always saying that. And I don't think I haven't had a chance to meet uh, to meet Norman yet, your, your bulldog, uh, just with pandemic and everything. We haven't had a chance. But uh, yeah, it's just interesting to think about that. Uh, I don't. I can't quite even imagine what a bulldog looks like. I've heard descriptions here and there, but. Uh... Well, uh, they, they have very short hair and uh, fur and it's, um, it's kind of funny, actually, his white fur is so soft. Um, but then as soon as, as soon as your hand runs down his back and you feel his brown fur, you'll be able to tell immediately when it turns brown because then it becomes very coarse. Uh, which nice. I, I found very odd. I've, I've never, I never realized that that was a thing. Uh, I thought dogs had either soft hair or coarse hair. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he's very, he has a, it, it, it's like his, um, the skin that he's wearing is three sizes too big for him because he has a lot of skin. Um, and it's just uh, a lot of wrinkles on his face. So there's a lot of folds and, um, and he's very, he doesn't have a snout like most dogs do. So his nose is very flat. Um, and because of that, um, most bulldogs have, um, they do have infections and stuff, right? Well, I was going to say problems breathing, um, yeah. you know, and, and that sort of thing. But, um, um, what else? He's, he's very front heavy. His, his, his sort of um, front shoulders are very, very big, but his back end, like his butt and his hind legs are very skinny com in comparison. And he's uh, right now, he's about probably as tall, maybe halfway up your shin. So he's not quite up to your knees yet, hmm. uh, but he could get that big. Uh, I think bulldogs, he still has a bit of growing to do. He's, he's only five months old. Um, uh, now so yeah anyway sorry um Bit of a tangent, <laughs> you're introducing okay. both of us and yeah this this turned into a dog podcast all yeah. of a sudden what about you kim what animals do you have <laughs> uh, i said so animals we, <laughs> we didn't we're, we weren't as home quite as much with the pandemic steve was a little bit more but i continued working at the office most of the we actually we were busier steve is uh is your husband for our listeners yeah. yeah sorry um so we decided to get bunny instead and uh we got we decided we wanted two one for each kid we have two children a, a boy and a girl and uh so we we wanted two girls i read about that you wanted two girls or two boys um if, if you didn't want other baby bunnies um and then the boys you would want to um to make sure you, well, I guess both of them, you want to spay or neuter them so that they get along better. So we got two bunnies and we got two girls and then uh, we had them, I don't know, we got, we got our oldest, our older bunny was um, Emily and we got her in the summer and then uh, we got Daisy and we got her September-ish. And then by November, um, we were going to get ready to move them inside for the winter. So we had to keep them outside in a pen and uh, we moved them, started moving stuff uh, inside. And Steve was kind of going through the pen and 
he noticed there was like a, a spot where it was moving <laughs> and uh, they'd had four baby bunnies and Emily, Emily was a boy. <laughs> so um, we moved them in the house. And then uh, my mother-in-law said that, well, bunnies tend to start having babies again immediately after they have their litter. So a month later, we had seven more. So we have 13 bunnies right now. Yikes. So wow. we went from 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 <laughs> we went from like we'll just get two bunnies and they're a little less uh, upkeep than dogs and stuff, and we got two of them so they keep each other company, one for each kid, and well, and <laughs> plans changed a little bit there. And Emily is now Emmett, now, oh. <laughs> and he's been removed from from the rest of the bunnies. And then we have the the older um, litter. Uh, there's two bunny or oh, boys in that. So we had to separate them out. <laughs> a lot of bunnies. Yeah. So, so yeah, Paul is the, is the oldest, as he said, he was born in 1980. So uh, you, you came next, right, Kim? I did. Um, and like I, we, we were saying that, that I, I have a husband, my husband, Steve, and then I have two children. Um, I have an older boy and then a, a younger girl. And um, we used to live with my sister and then um we, we we live at my where my parent where we grew up we live in my parents house so and they moved into town closer to my sister kind of yeah. yeah so so we all grew up in in the same house out uh out in the country um for anyone listening who is in the area probably knows you know near near woodstock actually outside of sweeberg and then that's the f- house that we all grew up as a family is now where kim and and her husband and, and children live so kind of nice to still have that classic house in the family yeah, yeah that's so I true a lot a lot of families uh you know that they don't have the uh they don't have that you know it's not always an option right so mm-hmm. it's nice that it was able to stay within the family and we can all go back and visit there every once in a while but um as listeners will know um i am the older maybe they'll know i'm the older of the siblings, me and Brian, the host of the show. I'm by three years. So as we said, Paul's the oldest. And then Kim, you're born two years after Paul in 1982. And then 90, 84 for me and 87 for Brian. So we're pretty close in age, which I think is nice. Yeah, uh, all within seven years there. So I think that does that does help a lot, having that that uh, closeness and we're still pretty close to the to this day, even though, like Paul had mentioned, he lives in Toronto now. But uh, you know, that's still close enough. And then the rest of us are. I'm in London, and uh, yeah, Carrie and Kim are near near Woodstock there. So, but Kim sort of mentioned that we we um, we would end up living together as, as adult siblings. But um, it all began with sharing rooms as kids. So we only had three bedroom house. So that meant that. The boys had a room together and the girls did. Well, I guess in the, in the beginning, maybe you two did before I sort of came along. But once we were all old enough. So how, how did you find that experience, Paul, sharing with Brian? Early on, I seem to remember that Brian being the youngest, that uh, we would all kind of fight over, at least Kim and I, who, you know, who got to have sleepovers with Brian. And uh, Yeah, know, it's we, funny you, you mentioned that because I have a... I have a vague memory of you holding onto one of my arms and Kim the other and pulling to try to get me to go one way or the other. And uh, I must have been pretty young then, but. It reminds me of a scene. It reminds me of a scene with Bart and Lisa on The Simpsons. 
Yeah, more than once, probably. But it's like the Simpsons, Bart and Lisa would always fight over Maggie. Yeah, I think it's important yeah. that you uh, you bring that up, Carrie, because um, something interesting about growing up and part of it was me being blind and then the other part is just interests. But I was never quite into TV. Uh, I got into it a little bit more as I got older, but still never quite as much. Whereas the three of you really were, and especially The Simpsons was the thing that, that really uh, bonded you all together. So I think it is important that that, that is brought up. Yeah, we love our Simpsons quotes. Very true. And Stupid that sexy Flanders. <laughs> we could just do that all, all this whole episode. Yeah, we have a <laughs> Simpsons podcast today and an animal podcast. Yeah. I always find it funny when whenever Carrie says a quote for The Simpsons, I always ask her what that's from. She says The Simpsons. I said, I know it's from The Simpsons, dummy. <laughs> what, what episode is exactly what I mean? It's always uh, from The Simpsons. Uh. I'm not sure if I actually am seriously asking you that question or if I'm just messing with you. Probably a bit of both, depending on the day. Um, so how about you, um, Kim, sharing a room? How was that? How do you recall it? Um, we had bunk beds. Paul and, and Brian, for you guys had... Did you ever have separate beds or did you guys always just crash in the same bed? Maybe when Brian was in a crib. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not that I remember. It was always this, the same bed. And another interesting kind of thing about our family is we had, um, you and Carrie and Kim didn't, but uh, Paul and I had a water bed and so did our parents. And I don't think those are, they're very as common these days, obviously, but. Uh, that was, that was the majority in our house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is another sort of unique thing about our family, I think. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it was it was it was okay with bunk beds, and uh, actually, we have home movies, um, and that I've watched a million times. That actually, there's a scene where Kim's re I think Kim's reading to me. So back in the day, she would have probably read stories to me. It would have been all great until maybe we, we became teenagers, and then we got on each other's nerves, maybe a little. I don't know. Well, I think like we would often sleep on our own bunks, but sometimes you you you'd sleep down on the same bunk with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind I think, of depended on what movie we were in that day. Yeah, I think it kind of maybe went along like that until, um, which I've mentioned on Outlook before, but Brian and I have both been uh, in kidney failure in the past and we were on dialysis. So as soon as I needed to be on a dialysis machine overnight, that's when I, I got the bottom bunk finally and you had to sleep up on the top bunk. But I think it's a good lesson, obviously, yeah, our parents. Yeah, I, I think our parents, is, you know, it's a good thing you teach your kids if you know, we only have this much room and we got to share and get along. And so sharing rooms is just what you do, but not always. Cause you guys only have two kids each. So it's less necessary. Yeah. Cause we, we have a, um, a three bedroom bungalow, just like, uh, you know, the, the four of us did growing up, but, uh, mm -hmm. but when you only have two kids, it um, you know, Max still, Max is my little, uh, my youngest one, and Sophia is his older sister. And uh, since she came along first, she gets the larger of the two rooms, which is uh, might be a little unfortunate because um, I don't know the way Max eats now. He uh, and and Sue and I both being fairly tall people, we have a feeling Max is going to be a rather large individual when he grows up. And for him yeah. to be stuck in the smallest room in the house is kind of funny. Well, maybe not funny for him, but yeah. <laughs> he's not laughing. But... No, <laughs> right now he doesn't mind or care. Or he's not aware. Of, well, he might be aware of it, but uh, it's not a it's not a big thing for him. But uh, we'll see how that 
changes. Yes. Yeah, so not only did we share rooms, but Brian actually calculated it out. We all went to the same school at the same time for only one year. Yeah. It's interesting. When I, when I turned, went into grade one, um, that's when we were all busing out to the same school for one year until, because Paul would Paul's seven years older than me. So he was in grade eight at the time. And uh, we went to a elementary school that was kindergarten to grade eight. So we were all in the same school just for, just for one year. But uh, it was so long ago. I don't know if any of anyone has memories from that time, but uh, just, I think, thought it was interesting that uh, we all got on the bus together and went to school. And now Kim's son, now Reed, uh, is at that school and Maya will be shortly. Um, is it, how is that for you, Kim? Like when we go, when you go back for school stuff? Smaller than I remember. <laughs> it felt bigger when you were, when you were half the size, but um, I don't know how than that. It changed a few things around, but the, it's, it's changed. It's the same thing with like when I moved into this, the house here, right? So when you move in, it feels like the house you grow up in, but slowly it starts to turn into your own. And so instead of it feeling like my school, it's now read school. It's just kind of changed a little bit, but, but with a little bit of, of nostalgia in there. Uh, so one time I went looking through, there was, um, we had art projects that you got to draw on one of the ceiling tiles in the school. So one of the parent teacher nights, me and Steve went for a little a walk through. Well, I think Reed was with the student probably. I don't know. I guess Maya would have been around too. So most of all, maybe I took off without them. And I went and looked to see if I could find mine or Paul's or anybody that I knew. So the little things like that are kind of neat. Or running into the, the janitor who was still there when we, it was... <laughs> Yeah, the one janitor that's still there. I don't. I don't think there's any teachers that are still around. Yeah, but there's there's a janitor who's still. Yeah, I mean, I'm the I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest, and I graduated from that school 20 years ago. So it's been quite a while since we've uh, we've been going there. But I was just kind of curious, um, maybe maybe putting you guys on the the spot a little bit, but just sort of curious about very early memories. And as I mentioned to the listeners already. Um, Carrie and I, of course, were both born blind, but uh, Paul and Kim weren't. And when I was born, Paul was was only seven. So I don't know how many memories you'd have from back then, but I don't know if you can think at all about your earliest thoughts of blindness or any sort of memories you may have had about realizing that that Carrie and I couldn't see. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I always, I don't remember like not like knowing any difference. So when I Mm-hmm. Um, when I, the only thing I remember is like the first time I realized that everybody didn't know somebody who was blind. I thought that was so strange that I thought that because we knew, I, I knew you guys, <laughs> obviously. And then you had a, a close friend who was in Woodstock, but you were also part of a, like a, a summer camp. So we didn't, it wasn't like an all year thing that you would, you would get together, but in the summer you would get together with a bunch of blind, um, campers and uh so I don't know I just always assumed that everybody had either a relative that was blind or they they knew someone but when you went to go to school and and you start people found out that I had blind siblings or whatever they were always so shocked and I was like you don't know anybody I thought that was weird (laughs) yeah and that's it makes total sense that you would you would feel that way like you say you were when Carrie was born you were only two so you know you wouldn't even understand kind of what that yeah. is then. And then, yeah, like that's all you, you knew. And it kind of ties over to, to my experience too. I think that our mom, our mom brought up when she was on our mother's day show, 
um, quite a while back now, that when I started school, I was wondering, where are all the other blind kids in the class? How come there aren't other, not, you know, not everyone else is blind here? Um, and I think that's, again, it's just, if that's all you know, then you assume that there's more, there's more out there than there are. Yeah, I, I think I, I remember, I remember, I think we were in Niagara Falls, or I'm not sure, we, we, we were somewhere at a park, and um, I don't know, we were all playing, and there was like a splash pad or a pool, a kiddie pool or something like that, and, and I remember these kids were, were very fascinated with Brian, and, and, you know, hanging around and asking questions with to to our mother and 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 i i just i remember thinking to myself why are these kids so <laughs> enamored with this you know like why is this such a you know is it like, why don't why, little... why, why don't they want to come play you know and, yeah and do, do stuff but they're but they were very fascinated and just yeah like i said asking questions and yeah, like it's just my little brother. Don't you guys have one? Then? Yeah. But I think I think my earliest sort of memory about you know Carrie and Brian was um, just how um, how playing with toys was different with them, right? Because most kids, you know, you know what kids are like playing with toys. But um, I remember my mom found a. Um, I don't know if she got it from the CNIB or not, but uh, this this lamp that that had a rotating um, it had four different color discs on the front of it, and it would rotate and slowly um, turn so that it, the light would change from blue to red to yellow to green. I think, and um, and Carrie Carrie liked sitting with that and just you know see because. Carrie, I'm, I'm, you could actually see the colors. Brian didn't, yeah. you know, yeah. he, he, Brian may have played with it too, but it, it might've been more of just the sound or the feeling of it, but, uh, because it was kind of a loud, big clunky thing, right? Oh well, yeah. Warmth. Yeah. Cause it yeah. had, had one of those, um, those, uh, those light bulbs in it that, uh, you know, you leave that on for a few minutes and you can't touch the thing. Right. Yeah, I remember that lamp. Remember it, Brian, or not? Not really. I can't. I'm trying to think in my mind what it what it would have felt like, but I can't quite. It was it was kind of the shape of what a uh, what a oscillating fan would be like. It, it it was kind of big and round on the front, and then it kind of got narrow at the back, and it was on a stand. Uh, it didn't oscillate, but it was it was sort of like that. Um, if, if you can imagine what your, what a, what a, what a fan, you know, your regular run of the mill old fashioned fan right. would feel like. We were all very creative. All four of us. It, I assume that was from a young age. I don't know. Um, and like Paul said, I could see colors. So I was always into visual art, just like you, Kim and Paul, you guys were, are. And, uh, Brian and Paul had more of the music connection, I guess, right, Brian? Yeah, for sure. And uh, another another sort of audio related thing was uh, I used to always, as I've told told the listeners before, 
that I used to always record with my with my tape recorder or Walkman uh, growing up. And I was just kind of curious, any sort of memories either you, Kim, could start or Paul that you had of, of me recording or any thoughts you had on it that you remember if it was ever, if you were ever annoyed by it or what you start with Kim this time. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Kim? Uh, I would say just that like it's anybody, right. Where they don't like the sound of their voice when you know, they hear it recorded. And uh, I know Brian always, Brian catch Brian was recording after, like I didn't realize it. So I'd been already been talking. I was like, ah, oh, he's doing it again. Cause then I'd have to hear myself and, I feel like when I knew, knew, when I know you were recording, I would try and talk less or whatever, right? So that I I had a heads up, but if you just kind of snuck it in there, which it was kind of a, you had to kind of always be kind of prepared for it, but sometimes you'd sneak it in and I wouldn't catch it there. Um, I think you and Stephen Potter talked about that other time with the the microwave. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's, that has come up on the show before when our, the the other friend that we briefly mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. from, from Woodstock um, that, he was over and me and him wanted to hear what the sound of the microwave was when we put it on record and put it in the microwave and it was a s- silly thing to do. <laughs> but uh, that's what kids do sometimes, I guess. Yeah, and like I said, when I asked you guys to come on on Outlook, is like, I know I don't even like the sound of my own voice. I, I'm getting more used to it, obviously. Uh, but I, I know that's a concern for a lot of people. So <laughs> thanks for doing that. Well, I, I think... I've, I've never really had that problem. I, I can, I can remember, um, other than the fact that I guess, you know, my early teenage years, I used to answer the phone and people would mistake me for Kim. That would, that, that always kind of bothered me. Um, but that was the only time my voice really bothered me. Um, my, 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 I don't really have any memories of, of Brian with a tape recorder, but maybe that's just because he always had one with him. And, and I never really, I never found myself being conscious of it really. Right? But like, yeah, how like you guys, like kid or sighted people or kids, you, I'm sure you guys would have, we used to have tons of photo albums in our house. And so it's like how you might want to flip through a photo album sometimes. That's why Brian and I would record so we could listen back to family memories. And we have a lot of them from when we were kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I think, I think we really appreciate that too, because uh, he did capture a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, it uh it's nice to have right and i mean i haven't heard a lot of it uh except for maybe the odd clip that you guys even, play on Outlook. even i haven't heard a lot of it because there's so many tapes and you know maybe back in the day when i made them but i just have those certain times of memories of i think more so bothering people when i would occasionally be like say something into the tape recorder and i have memories of you just making going like mm, like making a noise <laughs> when i told you to say something and i was like come on paul talk <laughs> and stuff like that and that's just you know, regular family. That's just being a big brother. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, for our listeners, you're listening to Outlook here today on Radio Western. We are speaking with our siblings today for Family Day. And we're going to take a quick break for some promos and we'll be right back. And we're back with Kim and Paul, our siblings, our older siblings on Family Day on Outlook here on Radio Western this morning or on all podcast services. You may be listening to it there uh, after the fact. And we were talking about how artistic we all are. <laughs> yes. Well, that's yes. what I, I was saying. So uh, we are going to get into the music now. Uh, hopefully that something yeah. to say there. Yeah. So again, just one of those things that I've always been into. And if you've listened to this show I'm, at all, I'm sure you would know. But that's just something that uh, that 
Paul and I had in common, my brother here. And it's, so it's something I always, I always think about and just really appreciate Paul for introducing me to so much music growing up. And, um, you know, I always remember those, those times, Paul, when you'd go to Toronto to buy a whole bunch of CDs and bring them home. And it was always so exciting to try them out and figure out all these bands that you found and introduced me to, um, for anyone listening, lots of sort of obscure, little more underground kind of music that I got into through through my brother here, and uh, yeah, I don't know if you have any any sort of memories from growing up with music that stand out for you. The big one I was always going to bring up was going to a record store. Um, you know, f- for me being blind, it's tricky in a in a store like that to be able to know everything they have. And remember the times that Paul would read CDs from me and you. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Poor Paul. <laughs> Poor you. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I probably should have brought bottles of water with me to, uh, you know, to, I got a little parched going through all of that <laughs> stuff with you guys. But um, yeah. I don't know. I, um, I would say that, you know, it, it was uh, one of my friend, close friends that uh, introduced this to me and uh, he gave me a cassette tape and it all kind of went from there. And like Brian said, uh, this was back in the days before, but I think the internet was just becoming like a thing, but you know, most people didn't, um, didn't know what to use it for. But, uh, my buddy was, was already on it, researching, finding all of these underground, um, bands that weren't that well known and then yeah we you know it's it's not like you could just get mp3s off the uh, the internet right we would actually we'd actually plan on a weekend we all jumped in the car and drove all the way to toronto to uh, hmv and sam the record man on the on young street there mm-hmm. uh because most music stores wouldn't even carry most of the music that we were looking for so it just it just occurred to me it's kind of a shame because I think you know Brian was probably at home waiting for me to uh, to come home with my haul because I usually pick up a, a handful of discs right but um, there were three other people in the car usually that uh, that all had uh, handfuls and Brian would get to hear it eventually because we'd all pass them around and make copies and whatever but uh, yeah I got to hear it all but, in the end so. But then, uh, but then, yeah, when I got my electric guitar, because I was going to be in a band, I was, I was more excited about the idea of it than actually doing it back then. But uh, I think Brian used my guitar more than I did back then. Yeah, but I always... Was, sometimes... that, the re- was that the red one? Well, in the beginning, I, we, I borrowed my, uh, my uncle's white. It was right. a Stratocaster uh, knockoff. And, uh, and yeah... Uh, I don't know. Did you play that one, Brian, or were you, was that like were you not into a guitar right away when I? I think a little bit. It was. It was probably again. You know, having an older brother when you got had something new, I wanted to get into it right away too. I don't think I took much time to to decide. I think I picked it up right away, kind of on my own. And um, I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. I do wonder if you know if you weren't around, if I would have got into guitar or not. Like, there's just certain things like that you never you're never gonna know. But I just I know how important that was to me growing up and and uh so i'm glad glad you did you did i have a feeling you you probably would have as long as you because i don't know in the beginning when when you were still listening to mainstream bands right you 
you may not have been as interested in it, but but then once I think once you got to hear some, what some of these other bands were doing with their instruments, it probably piqued your interest, and you, I, I think, eventually you would have wanted to try and create the sounds that they were creating, right? So, yeah, it's probably too much, uh, too much pressure for you to you to be, say that you're the one that inspired me. If you never played guitar, then I never would have, or something. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I, all I'm saying is, is, is I may have, I may have, you know, um, given you the, uh, the means to pick it up and, and do it. But, uh, but either way, I think you would have been drawn to it, you know, eventually. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking at my notes here and I'm just seeing a lot of things that, um, Paul helps describe movies for us and Kim helps me shopping. Like it's, I really hope that as siblings, Brian and I have been able to <laughs> contribute something to relationships because it seems like a lot of times it's all these things you, you guys help us do and whether it's reading CDs or whatever, but um, that's just an observation I had. I think, I think you, of course you guys contribute, but you, <laughs> that's kind of a, <laughs> I don't know, you, you know, like what, what you said, you know, we're, we just like to help you guys out and so that you can enjoy the things that we enjoy. And you mm-hmm. know, that's not, uh, you know, anybody would do that for, or most people would do that for their siblings. But, uh, but you, you know, my favorite artistic memory I have is that Paul used to, um, we used to have all the Simpsons episodes on VHS tapes. This is back before DVD collections and things. We had a big, big shelves full of VHS and we had almost every Simpsons recorded. And for a while there, you remember when you were m- muting it on, on different characters and you were drawing characters and you, you drew them for me. So you drew them in really yeah. bright, bright markers and stuff so I could see them. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So that's the kind of art I enjoyed when I could still see colors and I could see uh, uh, enough to appreciate that. But sorry Thank for hijacking you, your, your music conversation, Brad. <laughs> no, that's all right. It's not, it's not necessarily a music podcast, so... <laughs> We're covering all sorts of topics today. Um, the only other one quick thing about the music that I always liked too was Paul. Paul would go to a, um, a lot of shows, and this was when I was still too young to go to shows. So he would, I would lend me lend him my tape recorder or Walkman that I always use that we just we talked about already, and he would record a lot of shows for me for a while there, and that was always cool too to to be able to hear them, you know. So I was still felt included a little bit, even though I couldn't actually go. So yeah, I don't I don't know how. Uh how well the sound turned out on them but uh but i think it was more or less just so that you could uh you know feel like feel like sort of you know what people go to live music shows for is to to actually experience the music up close and see it happening and you know and and sometimes it you know it changes just organically and it's not the same as as you know what you've listened to over and over again on the album right but, uh, different versions yeah of the i don't know songs. It, i remember it was it was always easier in the winter time because i had a big jacket that i could uh, put that that tape recorder that was you know sneaking um, it into well sneak I, I don't know if sneaking it because you know sometimes the bouncers would would see it but they'd just be like oh well if you want to hold that big heavy thing you know all the power to you um, but it was just easier because I didn't have to hold it, right? But uh, I just put it in my pocket. So the good thing about having a sister, 
I like point out. Um, and I, I'm really, you know, I think we're lucky that we had each other and we have each other. And so I have brothers and I have a sister and you guys all have the same. Uh, but the one thing about having a sister is that you can share each other's clothes, right, Kim? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> you sounded like that. Was it, was it share? Well, I guess sometimes I'd borrow your clothes. Yeah, eventually. Because I usually, it was downwards. You would just take off with my clothes. Eventually. Um, but, but that I, led into. I remember I, your yellow coat. I like that. I oh, stole yeah. that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I got that in grade, grade eight. So you would have been grade 10. Yeah. But um, the thing is that it's hard to shop when you can't see, which I don't know if we've talked about that on Outlook before, but um, even so, to, to this day, Kim's the one I trust the most to go shopping with and to pick out clothes and to recommend things. That that doesn't mean that I don't still um, have my say. I, I go by how things feel and texture and all that stuff. But um, but uh, yeah, how would you find that? It's kind of like browsing through CDs, Kim, looking for looking through racks and racks of clothes with me all the time. Yeah, one, you kind of get a feel for the kind of stuff that you like, right? So I'm shopping with you in mind. I'm not just picking out stuff I like, right? But but it kind of, it, it's a mix of both, right? You you pick out stuff that you think is going to look good. Just the, the, my taste does bleed in there. But mm-hmm. um, but then stuff that feels like I know to, to be cautious or conscious, conscious of the, um, of the feel of the material and, and just how it's going to fit on you. I mean, obviously sometimes I just shop and then we return stuff or we'll go together, but, um, it, it, trying it on is important too, right? That'll change how it feels, but, but you, it, it's, 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 it's as much shopping for you as it is my taste in there too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, uh, I really rely on sister for, um, but, uh, Brian or Paul mentioned how we wanted to all be able to do things together growing up. So one of those things was particularly for me who could see this TV back then. Um, but even now I read it, I saw a uh, post the other day from someone who's going blind saying, I can't watch such and such show anymore because I can't see. And I was so sad to hear that. And I know if you're newly going blind, that can be a concern. You think oh, I can never enjoy my favorite program again, but um, we grew up watching movies and TV all the time. And Paul I don't know how you fell into that role of the audio describer of the family. Uh, I don't, I don't know either. (laughs) I just, um, I just started doing it and I, I don't know. I've, I've heard you guys mention it a few times on Outlook once or twice about how, um, how sometimes the auto audio description that you're, that comes with, um, you know, what's on TV is, 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 is not always necessary. Like I think, I think Brian mentioned something about uh, somebody closes the door and then they describe that, that that's what happened. But you can actually hear that, right? So I, I always, I found that I, that I, I tried to think of it as you know, what if I couldn't see what's happening on the screen right now? And I, I tried to, uh, you know, do the best I could. It's, it's not always easy because especially if it's a movie I've never seen before, right? Cause all of it's sort of happening and I gotta, <laughs> I gotta kind of uh, watch it, figure out what's going on. And, 
I always found the toughest, the, the hardest part in doing it was remembering people's names for me. Yeah. Cause I was, I, I would always try and say a name to you guys. Right. And sometimes if I can't remember their name, then what do you do? Especially if, if you're at like a movie theater or something, you can't pause the movie. Right. right. Um, so you're trying to, trying to fit in all the gaps, you know, and explain what's going on. So you guys aren't completely lost. Yeah. So in movie theater, theaters, it's awfully hard. Kim and I would go to movies a lot when we, when we both lived together as adults for a while there. Um, and we, we would go maybe at Christmas as adults, we'd go in a big group of us and occasionally the audio description system wouldn't work. Paul or Kim would have to run out to the lobby and, and complain. Yeah, and then you, then you'd miss the movie. <laughs> It was fun. But yeah, that's something we always like to do together. And Brian, as you got older, you, you got into it a little more, right? Yeah, just I think being older, a little bit more open-minded and, you know, was a little bit more open to, to checking out some movies and TV and especially having Paul to describe helped a lot as well. But it's funny, I found, Kim, that um, your son, that Reed is actually, he seems to maybe have, I don't know, it was uh, inherited that ability. The times I've watched a movie with him, uh, he's actually really good at picking out detail. Mm. Did you train him? Well, there was a time. There was a time there when, after like he kind of started becoming aware of of your um, descriptive video, like when you turn it on the TV with the closed caption, the close not closed caption, called AD. Yeah, yeah. Um, at first, I don't know if he realized. He just thought it was part of that show, right? He didn't realize that it was something that you turn on specifically so you could understand what's going on with the visual parts right. um and then sometimes you just turn it on when we are at home so so i don't know maybe it, it rubbed off a little bit just from listening to it um but like you said it's kind of a different skill right because the, the people that do it for a living sometimes are i don't know whether or not they actually know of know of blind people in their lives or if it's just a, a job that they have right so i don't know paul gets that because He's got siblings in his life. Right. Well, we actually had just just to interject quickly, we had a couple of guests on a couple of weeks ago from Talk Description to me. And they talked, I mean, the one guy didn't seem to really know that many people who were blind, it was more of just he had a background in theater. So he was really good at sort of describing and prioritizing. And then from there, that just led to the to the job. So Mm -hmm. I think it just I think it just depends. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, some of it's the like you can say like you just said that sometimes it's a it's just a job because they're good at, at talking, <laughs> and uh, it's a voiceover work, right? And other people, um, whether or not they have someone in their life or if they they kind of grasp the concept of of exactly what they're supposed to pick out or who who directs it, who's behind the scenes too, right? So, but um, Paul Paul just has a knack for it, right? Because I try and I'm not as good as him. I I tend to describe things like occasionally Carrie will say like I describe. Um, more like the way things feel. I don't know. Like, so I'll, I'll translate the visual into a feeling kind of that sometimes you'll say that you, that you appreciated the way I've described something, but for the most part, Paul's better at it than I am. But it's not a competition. We're just, well, <laughs> no, but I, when I try, yeah, you can definitely tell that, that you, you get more out of it when Paul's doing it than when I am. Yeah, but I—I I mean, I owe Brian and Paul for getting me into certain things, specifically *The Lord of the Rings*. We watched that here we, in one weekend. We watched all three movies once, and I'd refused to watch them before that. And uh, 
So that was one was I'm sure was had its moments where it was hard to describe with a lot of you know fight scenes and stuff. But well, I was just gonna say I was just gonna say you and I Kim, we went to a lot more like rom coms and stuff, and those are a bit different style, so it's easier. Not always easier, but sometimes easier. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of characters in Lord of the Rings. So. Yeah, that that Lord of the Rings weekend, it was uh, it was a lot of talking and and uh, you know sitting and watching and but um, I loved those movies and I'd seen them before, so I knew. I think I knew most of the characters' names. You knew and, the names, even though there were a lot. You'd seen them yeah. already. If you, it was the first time you were watching them, it would have been a lot more challenging, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so not only did we love all those sort of regular things that people do, we 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 were a traveling family quite a bit. Uh, sometimes we did it for pleasure. We went to Florida uh, twice, and we went to we spent uh, it's couple you know weeks and weeks in Toronto. But that was for when we Brian and I had kidney transplants, so that was sort of that we had a reason for being there. But we got to all hang out in Toronto the whole family, so we had a lot of great times. Um, and uh, a few of the trips were through these organizations that organize trips for uh, children who have chronic illnesses like Sunshine Foundation and, and Make-A-Wish Foundation. So we ended up going to Florida and that was our, that was our final big family trip, I think, before everybody started getting old enough that we didn't travel together anymore. So I was just going to say, it'd be, it'd be interesting to know if you, so Carrie and I have talked a little bit on this show about, aside from our blindness, ha- having a kidney failure as well. And um, I don't know if you guys, if, Paul or Kim, if you have memories of when that happened at all and sort of any sort of thoughts you had at the time or because, you know, that's just on top of the blindness, that was something kind of totally different, whereas the blindness was always there. This was something new that just kind of happened in life. So, yeah, I don't know. It was. um, I kind of I kind of thought like. Wow, really? Now, you know. (laughs) What What luck? Yeah. What luck? Yeah. Just especially especially when we found out that that brian was going to go through it too i I just i I couldn't believe it you know i just thought the the amount of time that these two kids spent in a hospital um you know before before they were even you know before they were teenagers just it, it blew my mind and it was it just seemed very unfair and but um but you guys were always troopers and you know you uh for the most part, it you, you didn't seem to let it phase you. Like I mean, you. I think I think you all you both had you know fun, happy childhoods, and you know it was. You had things that you had to do, unfortunately, but. Uh, but it was nice. We always had you guys. You guys were always able to come to hospital and visit, visit us when we were in hospital, or or spend the afternoon with the, with us on dialysis or whatever it was. Or like I said, all of us going to Toronto to the Ronald McDonald House when we had our transplants as kids there. Right, I know Kim. Kids. I know Kim. You 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 had fr- t- t- uh, fun in those days, bringing all your friends to Toronto at the Ronald McDonald House a couple times, and um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you yeah. like enjoyed that part about it. But it was it was fun for all of us to have a home like that away from home in a sense. And yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh... It was. It was a definitely an interesting thing. You meet a lot of different people there too, right? Because it was the it was one little boy that he had he had a brain tumor or something too, right? I think that I you you can tell with our family that there's a lot of like you can feel how we 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 can see the sides of of I don't know how to word what I'm saying um, like you just 
you have an ability to kind of pick up on on seeing it from all perspectives and and appreciating that that there's people that you have to make sure that you're aware that not everybody has it the same as you and everybody's is everybody's life experience is uh is uh just as important right like it's easy to just kind of get stuck in your own wheel well and not realize that the world's not all living in that same thing and out of the empathy that comes with that i guess maybe yeah, because you guys spent a lot of, like, not as much, but you spent a lot of time in hospitals when you were young, teenagers also, you know, just, just visiting us. Seeing us, where normally, yeah, you would Most, a lot of teenagers don't have that in their lives. And not you know? just you guys. Yeah, and not just you guys, though, because you see, like, just the, the spectrum of people that, that were in Ron McDonald House. And, and it's just, it's all kids, right? It's families with kids and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, 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 like anything, right? Like when you see things on TV, the movies, they display things and it's, it's about the sickness, it's about the illness, right? But when you're at the hospital in Ronald McDonald House and, and growing up with, with people who, who are blind or who are having health issues or whatever, um, you see the person, right? It's not about the, the illness. That's just part of, of them, not the whole thing about them, which is, is something you miss when you're just watching movies and the, the topic of the movie is the illness. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it brings a lot more personality and and real life into the into it, and makes it. Yeah, you just understand it much better that way. For anyone who's just tuning in, you're listening to Outlook here today on Radio Western. We have just over five minutes left on today's show. We've been speaking with Carrie and I, and uh, who are regular hosts of the show, have been speaking with our two older siblings, uh, Paul and Kim. So, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, yeah. no problem. I thought we could sort of end off with, like we've said, now we're in the new generation of kids um, and you guys have had two kids each and um, we touched on a little bit, but what do you think with a minute or two for each of you kind of here, finish off. What do you, what do you tell your, what did you tell your kids about blindness or disability or did you, does it come up often or with questions? Want to start with Paul? Um. what did we tell them? Um, I don't know. We, we, I think, you know, just like sort of us growing up with you, this is, this is all they've ever known. And, you know, their, their aunt Carrie and uncle Brian, they were just, uh, I think they've, they've always sort of, been drawn to the same way that Kim and I have, you know, to, to want to help you and, um, experience things that you may not be able to right? Um, so that, you know, uh, you can, you can enjoy the same things that we do. And, um, and I think we, we just, we just told you guys, uh, I, I guess, I guess the way we put it was, you know, Auntie Carrie and Uncle Brian, their their eyes don't work the same way that yours do, and um, and and we tried to convey to them as best we could, you know, what it is you guys actually see, so that uh, so that they're aware of, you know, if if they do need to help you by, you know, taking your your arm or you know to help you. Yeah, you'll remind them of that because obviously they're still young and they forget, but they are actually really great. They'll just take my hand and lead me somewhere. And, mm-hmm. and I find that with all of them. Uh, what about you, Kim? Um, 
I feel like, uh, so like Paul said that it's something that they just grow up with and they don't really like they, they kids are very observant. They pick up on stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but some things, right. Like, uh, um, my youngest is just kind of grasping the concept now. Um, you, you do find like they'll, they'll bring something to you and they'll be, look, look at this. And, and you'll have, you just have to say they, they can't see it. You'll have to show them or, or whatever it is, depending on what the object is that they want you to, uh, engage with and you have to explain to them how you how how best interact with it for you mm-hmm. um but like paul said that it's just something that that when when it's like i i know when i was younger and people would ask me what it's like to have blind siblings and i'd be like what's it like to not have blind siblings i don't know right so I, it's the same thing with them right they just that's what what that's what they've known and and they've they've kind of grew up and and they've uh, evolved with it as as they've grown versus something that's kind of entered their life right yeah yeah and, so it's and we're so glad that they that that you guys had those children thank you very much <laughs> i often want to thank you even though it sounds kind of weird yeah neither carrie or i have any children so it's, it's nice that uh that you guys do at least but like you say it's it is very similar to how it seems like it affected you growing up to the way it affects them because it's just the way they've always known it to have an uncle and aunt that are blind. And then you just had a brother's brother and sister who were blind. So it, it just, it really does normalize it and just makes it makes people realize that it's such a, just such a normal thing that you don't, you don't question if it's always been like that. And it's not, yeah. it's not necessarily these, this constant asking questions, you know, you're, you're, uh, our nieces and nephews aren't constantly asking you questions about how do we do this and this and this and this. It's more. Um, and like even little things like answering this question isn't always easy because the things that uh, you would, you try and come up with are, are things that don't stand out because it's just normal. Right. Like it's not something that I don't write down every time I have a, an experience that something like that happens. So it just blends into the rest of my life because it's a, it's a daily not so much anymore that we don't all live together, but like growing up kind of thing or, or just because it's happened, the frequency we do see each other where it blends in and, and you don't really, you don't really pick up on it anymore because it's just part of life. And that's why I love having family because they're the, they're the, they're the few people in your life who just get you, at least for, in our experience. I know we've been lucky, I think. And yeah. And like we say, every, every family is obviously different and everyone has their own yeah. experience, but, uh, but we we never hung out. I don't know the last time we four of us hung out on a Friday night. So, <laughs> yeah, that's been fun. Yeah, it's been it's been a lo- way too long. <laughs> With the pandemic and everything, this is maybe what families are doing now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been great. Thanks, thanks to both of you so much for coming on the show, and uh, I hope you had a good time. And yeah, I I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. Um, talking about uh you know old times old times, old times. well thanks guys for coming on uh, we get to have find us on twitter at outlook cfb and on facebook facebook.com slash outlook on radio western